You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, <laughs> March 13th. It is 313 Day for all my friends in Detroit. By the way, happy 313 you Day. You get to celebrate two, I got two days, days in a row. I back to back. I'm so excited. Like, so all the Detroit friends, 313 Day today. So. I've already posted. And then tomorrow. 314 Day. St. Louis Day. I know. Back to back. And how appropriate in preparation for St. Louis Day that we have... Uh, a St. Louis native in studio is our guest today, excited to share a great story. And this is a first for us. Yes, In it a is. couple of ways. Well, in many ways, probably. Many ways. First for the coffee hour. Uh, this is the first time we get to have a Grammy-nominated artist in studio. Mm-hmm. And, this is pretty exciting. Uh, let's see. I think this is our first hip-hop artist in studio as well. I'm pretty sure. Narrow it down. Not, not usually our typical you know, <laughs> artistry. Thank you, Concordia <laughs> University, Wisconsin. Thanks for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. In studio with us this morning is Flame, a Grammy-nominated hip-hop artist. And uh, I would say recent uh, great theologian study of god's yeah. word as well can't wait to share your story flame welcome to the coffee hour ah thanks for having me glad to be here <laughs> it is it's just an honor to have you in studio welcome back to st louis by the way yes indeed i'm glad to be back always feels good to be in the hometown literally like literally just got back like, <laughs> like just got off a plane hour. like an hour ago <laughs> running in. running into the studio to come spend some time with us and we are we are truly grateful so so yeah. let's let's share some of your your background your story okay. originally grew up here in st louis right yes absolutely grew up on the north side of st louis uh the inner city whatever you want to call it the hood and uh i grew up in a home that was christian for the most part uh they were always pushing me towards christ while at the same time, I was drawn to hip-hop culture, rap music, so I was always kind of in that dichotomy of existence and uh, <laughs> pretty much shaped who I am today. So how did you how did you get interested in actually performing hip-hop? Well, I mean, hip-hop is, is a cool thing to listen to, yeah. but but you actually, I mean, this is your, this is your life now. <laughs> True. You know, I think for the most part, it was just the air that we would breathe in the inner city. Most people they have some form of, you know, hip-hop interest, at least in my generation and mm-hmm. that age group. And uh, I wanted to try it because I enjoyed the way it felt personally. So I wanted to contribute that emotion back. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was always in uh, visual performing arts school. So mm-hmm. the arts and expression was just a major part of my uh, my being. And later, I started to just, you know, rap about staying in school, having fun, typical things as a kid. <laughs> and then I hit my teen years and things got a bit more complex and crazy and then later i had an encounter with uh christ um through my christian conversion and that's where the christian content started yeah i really want to hear some of those raps about staying in school not gonna lie. <laughs> and, and for all the st louis friends i have to ask the st louis question since yeah. you alluded uh-huh. to it as well what high school did you go to i knew it was coming i knew it was coming <laughs> I went to uh, Central Vap Performing Arts, um, which is also on the north side of St. Louis. Then I transferred and went to uh, South County Tech, which is in Sappington, Missouri. <laughs> I love South County Tech. Yeah, yeah so great I, school. I, it is a good school. I, I, I learned how to be a bricklayer there. Outstanding. No kidding. And, uh, so I was making good money right out of high school. So that was that was fun. Wow! So so if all stories. those fails, I can go back to laying bricks. You I know? mean, that's probably a good when job. were you? Wait, when were you? When were you at South Tech? Yikes, let me see. Um, I graduated in 99. Okay. So, yeah, 97. Wow. In that space. Great yeah. school. Okay, so now we've reeled all the, uh, all, the, 
this. So when so Christian conversion in high school. Yes. And then and then your music uh, started representing that as well. What you believe? Correct. Correct. So I was in a tragic accident. I uh, was hit oh. three times by an eighteen wheeler carrying fuel. Whoa. Um, leaving the orientation from South County Tech. I had to do physical therapy for over a year just to recover from that. You know, I went to my grandmother. I asked her, I said, why did God let this happen? She says, I don't know why, but maybe he's trying to get your attention. And uh, I was like, well, he has it. And uh, <laughs> about a week or so after that, she actually passed away from her fifth heart attack. And she was only 55 years old. So that's oh. really young. And uh, so I just got to asking her big questions in life. And uh, that led me to, you know, going to church. And I wanted to write about my experience and the way I saw life, but from a Christian paradigm. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it because it allowed me to share my faith, to tell my story, and to connect with people that also had a similar story. Yeah. What are some uh, some misconceptions about Christian hip hop? And there's 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 always <laughs> there's always snarky stuff about Christian music in general. Uh, people probably either love it or hate it. But what what are some <laughs> misconceptions about about Christian hip hop? Great question. I think for the most part, um, it may be considered only a youthful genre of music, but. While that is true, it also has a lot of space to grow and evolve. So there are messages in it that can cater to your, you know, younger crowd as well as those who are maturing and aging. Because of the nature of the genre, you can pack so much in one song mm -hmm. and cover any topic. It's just a matter of who has the microphone and what do they want to say. Mm -hmm. So I like to really bridge that gap between the younger, the older, and bring content that everyone can rally behind, you know? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting fact, and I learned a little bit more about that recently, learning the, the background story be behind the musical Hamilton. Uh, that if it were yeah. all spoken dialogue, it would take like three times longer. Yeah. Yes. It's huh. an interesting fact uh, about hip-hop. I love that. Musical theater. I, <laughs> There's always musical theater. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So tell us about your your journey to uh, to studying theology and, and, and biblical theology. What what got you interested in th studying theology at the graduate level? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so first it started off when I started to, I guess, you know, create my own music. And then later there was a record label called Cross Movement Records that I was just a fan of as a young Christian. And I drove to Chicago, met them, gave them my CD. They loved it, invited me on tour. So I traveled with them throughout the U.S. for two months and while we were on tour, they kept asking me, hey, are you a Calvinist or an Arminian? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I've never heard of neither one of those guys. And I'm just a Christian. So, <laughs> And then throughout this two-month period, they just kind of, you know, took me through church history. And I thought it was the Bible, Billy Graham, and then us. I had no idea that there were things that happened, you know, in, in that space of time, <laughs> apart from those markers. But later, I, you know, was exposed to Lutheran thought in a funny way. So a close friend That's of mine. That's generally how it occurs. <laughs> Seriously. A close friend of mine, he was a student at Golden Gate Seminary in California. Mm -hmm. And a Baptist professor told him, hey, if you're going back to St. Louis and you're considering graduate work, make sure you go to Concordia Seminary because you're going to get a superior theological training there, in particular in church history. So my friend tells me that, hey, Flame, since you're going back to St. Louis, you should also consider Concordia. And I'm like, you mean the school off the highway by 
the Galleria. They like, I'm like, I've seen it, but I've never really <laughs> considered it. So my wife and I, we set up a time to really visit the campus and tour the tour the campus and sit in on one of the classes. And man, we really fell in love with the environment. But still, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. <laughs> <laughs> so what what were your first uh, your first impressions uh, on the seminary campus, meeting all of these Lutherans uh, that that you know, you, didn't know anything about what, what were those first impressions <laughs> yes so firstly I, I i love the the germanic style architecture it was mm-hmm. just super swaggy i thought it was a you know a great learning environment i'm gonna call it swaggy now <laughs> that super swaggy you know <laughs> and then while i was doing a walkthrough with dr Bodie, it was funny because i kept talking about john calvin the doctrines of grace because in my mind i'm thinking you know calvin luther same person some synonyms and uh <laughs> I really had no idea. He was so gracious and patient as to not shut me down. <laughs> and um, But it wasn't until later when it was time to test into the school. Mm-hmm. I had to read a bunch of books. And that's when I started to notice, oh, wait, there's some major differences here that I need to explore. <laughs> oh, my God. Your eyes were open to these major differences. <laughs> we'll talk about what those differences are in just a little bit. We need to take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Flame, uh, Grammy nominated hip hop artist and uh, now a study of the or a student of theology. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll we'll get a quick break. We'll be right back in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> March 13th, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Carl and Barbara Bretz of Mascuda, Illinois. Carl and Barbara made a gift to KFUO Radio in honor of Barbara's mother, Elaine Hargis, whose 101st birthday would have been today, and in honor of Carl's mother, Marie Bretz, whose 111th birthday would have been on April 12th, both of whom have been called home to the Lord. Thank you, Carl and Barbara Bretz, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. That's the voice of Nina, a student speaking the Bible verse of the day at the Poland English Bible Camp. Are you ready to tell the good news as a short-term volunteer and serve students like Nina? Apply by March 31st at servenow.lcms.org. Servenow.lcms.org. Confiscation is a bad word. No one likes having their stuff confiscated. But what if it's God who does the confiscating? Dr. Michael Ziegler says God may take away some blessings he once gave in order to give back even more. Hear about God's gracious confiscation in the book of Exodus and in our lives this week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are talking with Lame Grammy-nominated hip-hop artist, St. Louis native, and also student of theology. Now, we need to back up. We, we jumped right into grad school. <laughs> but you studied a little bit of theology before you came to uh, grad school here at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Is that right? Yes, indeed. So my journey started at Missouri Baptist University, actually. And then I moved to Louisville and, and did my finished my undergrad at Boyce College, mm-hmm. which is the undergrad to Southern Seminary. Then I started Southern Seminary with my sights set on a Ph.D. there. But once I moved back home, that's when I was introduced to Concordia. What were you going to do your Ph.D. in? I was planning on doing my Ph.D. in biblical counseling, uh-huh. you know, which is what my undergrad degree was in. Yeah. Because I really just have a passion for taking lofty ideas, connecting the dots and helping out regular people on the ground. So that was really my hope and dream, but I guess God has some alternative plans in mind. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So before we went to break, we were talking about uh, some of the differences between this theology that you, you had studied before you were familiar with and, and the theology that you were introduced to <laughs> at, at the seminary. Tell us about some of those differences that you encountered. Yes, absolutely. So the first thing was... I took a class called Lutheran Mind, and it was funny because we were reading through the Heidelberg Disputation, and they brought up the concept of a theologian of glory versus a theologian of the cross. Now, obviously, I later learned that Luther didn't continue to use that language per se, but initially hearing it, it was so funny because I'm thinking, man, a theologian of glory, that's the good God. That's who you (laughs) aspire to be, a man that's all about God's glory. And uh, Dr. Okamoto was like, no, that's actually the complete opposite, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so it was there in the distinction of terms. So I had to really learn the way, you know, some of the phraseology was used differently. And um, then it was justification. Justification was really a common ground for me because it was some doctrine that meant a lot as a Calvinist thinker for me. And, And it helped. I guess, moved me into contrasting Luther and Calvin in that way. But lastly, the most difficult thing was the sacraments, <laughs> because my tradition was from the Reformed Baptist side of things. So there is absolutely no category for anything unique about the sacraments. So that was, I went you know, down kicking and screaming in terms of thinking <laughs> through the sacramental application of God's grace. <laughs> what was that? What was that that turning point? Uh, when did you uh, really start to see what God's word says about the sacraments? What was that turning point for you? You know, the turning point for me was it was actually towards the latter part of my time at Concordia because I, I felt like really the first year I was just collecting dots and connecting dots. So I I was like learning terms for the first time, learning ideas for the first time. And um, and I hadn't quite bought into them. I was still wrestling and struggling. But towards the latter part, while I sat with Dr. Sanchez, um, Dr. Bierman was a, a heavy influencer, but just slowly walking through things and really trying to honor the text. Because as a Calvinist thinker, I had the idea of sola scriptura and prioritizing scripture above all. So I knew that I had to humble myself and go where the scriptures would lead based upon that principle. And I was like, man, if I'm seeing this in a text, I can't commit to a system over against the plain meaning of the text. So it was in that moment where I had to sort of humble myself 
and embrace what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a, a few uh, a, of your professors, Dr. Sanchez, Dr. Bierman, who gets a shout out yes. uh, in, in your latest album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who were some of the other people that, that really helped you along, that, that, were, that were patient with you, that walked with you um, to, to help you see the, these, these differences and really help you uh, l- learn the, the Lutheran doctrine and understand what you were actually, what you were actually learning? <laughs> yes, seriously. Um, you know, I think of Dr. Aaron. He was just a, he was a great professor, very patient. And um, we had a conversation about my Calvinism and he assured me, it's okay. You're, you, you can be a Calvinist here. Uh, we'll get you right though. But, <laughs> you know, it was him and Dr. Kolb. Uh, they um. both were very gentle and how they helped me think through things and um, and willing to have those side conversations as I wanted to question and, you know, further engage mm-hmm. all this new content. So those are a few names that come to mind. And, uh, yes, yeah, it, it was really a great time. So Sarah mentioned your your latest album. How has your study of theology and uh, all these changes <laughs> that are happening, um, how has that influenced your art? Yes, indeed. So firstly, uh, while I was working on a project, I knew that I wanted my cover art to be iconography, mm-hmm. which was a statement in and of itself, <laughs> <laughs> that there's a shift here. There's something different in, in my thinking. So um, that was a thing that I really appreciated because I, I love the arts and to be in an environment where those things w- weren't, I guess, posed as a threat to your theology because more from the Calvinistic Reformed Baptist side of things, um, there's a, a bit of a caution for idolatry when some of those things come up. And it's just a kind of an unfortunate thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was one, one statement that I wanted to make was just in the cover art. And then in terms of the content, I wanted to tell a story because I think that's a, just a good way for people to soften their hearts and sort of relax the intellectual vigor and allow the imagination to take them places that they probably wouldn't want to go. So I wanted to utilize that style in the project extra notes to begin the dialogue with my, you know, reformed Baptist listeners. And, uh, the, the approach I think is really working. People are taken to it in a way that they say, Hey, I may not necessarily agree, but I'll, it's challenging. And I like what I'm hearing in particular from you telling it as a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the cover art is what drew me in. I, yeah. I love art graphic artist by by trade i guess nice but uh, the cover art is is really unique yeah uh, and and now we've seen it all over facebook because once uh, someone wrote an article about <laughs> about flame being lutheran that it, it blew up <laughs> all over social media yeah. but but tell us a little bit more about about what inspired that artwork uh and and the title of your album yeah. which is not it's, it's not english <laughs> very much so so the um a friend of mine his name is james westbrook he's actually the gentleman that told me about Concordia. Ah. He is the one that actually hand-painted the cover art. And uh, he's not Lutheran yet. (laughs) We're having great conversation about it, and he's very open-minded. But he really appreciates iconography. So we share just great conversations surrounding the historicity of the style and um and sort of the 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 deep meaning behind it in terms of you know depicting um you know imagery in reflection of god's image and uh that was appealing so that happened and then the the concept extra notes 
I thought was a perfect place to park to challenge all of my fans who have been Calvinistic with me Mm -hmm. for my 18-year stretch to think about salvation really being rooted in Christ alone, faith alone, what God has done for us outside of ourselves. And um, that is a concept that if you are Calvinist, you sort of believe, you sort of have a priority for it, but it's a bit shy. It's a bit incomplete. And um, so a lot of people, when they hear that Latin phrase, it's a bit familiar if you're Reformed, but I just want to press in on it in a deeper way to say, hey, I think there are missing pieces to how we've considered it and things that we haven't brought in in terms of the Lutheran contrast and what was going on in the Reformation time and the way we thought about this. And for that reason, I think a lot more Reformed thinkers are excited. I've been getting a lot of direct messages from pastors, professors, lay leaders that are like, wow, this is really interesting. Things like two kinds of righteousness, three uses of the law. Mm -hmm. You know, they're saying I can't necessarily disagree. And uh, you're making a strong case. But then there are others who have more of a problem. But uh, (laughs) I think that's just a natural resistance, you know. So how is uh, how is the the music industry responding to mm-hmm. Extranos, which, by the way, is probably mispronounced by many when they're reading the name of it. Extranos? Ex- or ex- is- Extranos, parents lament like, from, <laughs> from the kids. Extranos. Yeah. Extranos. That's what, a different album. That's right. That was funny. <laughs> what is, so, yeah, what's the, the, been the response uh, across the board from an album called Extranos? I know. It's so funny because... People were like, man, this is just a breath of fresh air to hear something different. Because in a Christian rap market, it's mostly Calvinistic. So people have heard the Bible expanded upon songs centered around Calvinistic thought for like the last 30 years. So even if you agree or disagree, people are like, this is refreshing to hear a different angle, a different take. You know, and uh, so that's the first thing I've gotten, even from people that are, you know, Calvinistic think Calvinistic thinkers, as well as sonically, um, the soundscape is it's unique in this way. Um, I wanted the music production to sort of take a back seat to the content, so I strategically picked music that didn't overshadow the lyrics and I didn't want that kind of competition. I want it to be like a fair dance. Sometimes artists do choose to layer their production where it's, it's, it's very high art and it's very complex, but I wanted the simplicity to come through the sound so that the content can shine through and people are experiencing both. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, we've we've shared it with with a bunch of people in in, our, in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge group yes. uh, with the Lutheran Ladies Lounge <laughs> podcast. We we crowdsourced some questions uh, that we're when we continue our Facebook Live after after our broadcast, we'll we'll do some listener questions okay. too. That'd be fun. Um, but uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, <laughs> what's sh- next? Yeah. What's next? What's, What's next? next for you? Absolutely. So I have more projects in the queue. Um, this was just a, a cursory exposure to justification. Obviously, I could have done an entire project on a topic, but I wanted to sort of, you know, till the ground. And now I have a few more projects to further unpack Lutheran thought, Lutheran theology, and doing a bit more contrasting. 
And I think in that way, people get a fuller understanding of the things that I learned at, the, at Concordia, the things that I've that I'm continuing to come into, you know, appreciation for and a lot more to come, a lot more to come. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, you can certainly follow. We'll share notes in uh, in the links in the uh, program notes. And uh, it, yeah, follow. Uh, go to Facebook right now, and mm-hmm. you can watch on Facebook Live if you're listening live right now, because uh, we're going to continue the conversation in another studio. We're going to make way and yeah. uh, continue the conversation <laughs> with uh, Flame. He is a Grammy nominated hip hop artist and. Oh, man, just so excited to get to share this story. Uh, have you found, so you, you, you say you're Lutheran now, have you found a congregation, <laughs> everything good, getting getting connected with other Lutherans so that you can stay strong in, in what you believe? Yes, absolutely. We have, we've been a member now for, um, I guess, nearing two years, but that was also a funny process, even stepping foot in a Lutheran church. Oh, that's like, a good story. This so. is different. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lutheran culture. So maybe we can catch that on the, the Facebook Live segment yes. here cool. continuing in just a little bit so check out facebook.com slash kfuo radio we'll mm-hmm. continue the conversation with flame you're listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm Andy Bates. We're continuing our conversation from the coffee hour with Grammy-nominated artist Flame, joining us live in the flesh in the International Center. And before we uh, before we had to break, Mm -hmm. you know, because live radio, uh, you were talking about finding a congregation um, and stepping foot into a Lutheran church, (laughs) and how how that was a bit of a of a shock. Tell us about that about Lutheran culture, what you knew about Lutheran culture, uh, and and (laughs) what you experienced. So I didn't know anything about Lutheran culture. And all I knew was what I saw during chapel services, if you want to call them that, I don't know, at the seminary. Mm -hmm. So that was sort of my first exposure to, you know, some form of liturgy, I guess. And then later, when my wife and I finally decided to veer into the unknown, we we did visit a few Lutheran churches and just... The, the contrast was major, you know, liturgy number one was, I mean, I guess everyone has some form of liturgy, but I love the, um, the, uh, the traditional elements that are preserved in, in the Lutheran um, um, divine service. Um, there was one church that actually had the children come to the front and then the pastor would give a, a children's sermon. And I thought that was very unique. And um, yeah, but overall, you know, things like uh, confession and absolution was mm-hmm. very different. Mm-hmm. And so we were just taking it all in and uh, it really was uh, uh, compelling overall though. It, w- it was something about it that draws you in and you want to um, 
you know, kind of throw yourself into God's grace and all these extra expressions. That's the way I talked about it at the time, these extra expressions of God's grace. So that was something that, you know, we really noticed on the front end. Yeah. What was it like um, getting to know, like getting getting connected with others in the congregation? Have you had a chance to do that, to, to become a part of congregational life beyond Sunday morning too? Yeah, absolutely. So, so now we live in Tampa, Florida, and uh, so we're a member of a Lutheran church there. And that's been really great, just connecting with new people, um, sharing our story. And uh, there are a few people there that are also new to the Lutheran world. Uh, but for the most part, everyone grew up in it. And they kind of laugh at our story, like, this is so funny to see you guys all excited <laughs> about things that are pretty mundane for us. And uh, so we just have good conversations centered around that. And yeah, we love hearing about the traditions and things that have been preserved. Um, so my wife and I, we actually went to Germany for the 500 year anniversary nice. and we just toured everywhere. We went to Lutherstadt and so we just are all excited about all these <laughs> new things. Just this rich history and tradition that um, has been buried in our experience that uh, we're kind of sort of unearthing and telling the world about now. So, yeah. What yeah. was that like being in Germany <sighs> for 500? Because I mean, goodness. there are so many people that wanted to do that yeah. and couldn't. What was that like? It was surreal. I mean, we have pictures um, in Luther's living room where wow. they say he wrote some of the, the table talks and met with guys and just, you know, did Bible study and prayer. Um, you know, it was just, you know, we went to Melanchthon's home, went to multiple museums, uh, the Wittenberg Castle, um, I mean, so many things, man. It was just, it was one of those experiences that um, was special for me learning so many new things at the time and just kind of throwing myself and engulfing myself in this rich history and, and tradition. And uh, so I have a bunch of pictures and I also liked how, um, in one of the museums that we visited, they had pictures of Martin Luther King and then the story of how Martin Luther King Sr. was so impressed by Luther, changed his name, his son's name. So even that was a bit more connectivity in terms of how Luther has influenced people outside of the typical yeah. sphere you think about. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. Should we get to some listener questions? Yeah. Fun, fun. I really want to know if you've been to a potluck though. I haven't yet. Oh. I have not yet. Somebody in Facebook. Somebody bring me to a potluck, please. <laughs> All right, which listener questions do we want to get to? All right. Um, what about Heidi's? Okay. So Heidi Gaiman, she's one of our friends. She's a... a, a Licensed Very, clinical social worker and yes. a deaconess. And, and she wants to know if you'll co-author a book with her. Ooh, that um, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> she asks, uh, what do you see as Lutheran weaknesses where we can strengthen ourselves to be able to reach the lost or be more a more authentic version of the body of Christ? Mm, that's a good question. So one of the things that I appreciate about um, Lutheran thought is the strong doctrine of vocation. And it's really helpful in terms of thinking about how to serve your neighbor versus trying to do something for God to get more cool points. While at the same time, I think a, a thing about it that may be sort of a, a, a weak spot would be for that reason, a lot of people don't do like explicitly Lutheran things in my, in my experience, at least in terms of the, the arts. 
So I would, I did, I've, I've never heard a Lutheran Christian rapper before myself. Now that person may be out there. <laughs> I don't mean to discredit all you've contributed, <laughs> but I'm just saying, in my experience, I, I didn't find those types of things mm -hmm. readily available. And I wish that there were more people um, being Lutheran out loud in mm -hmm. in the arts, mm -hmm. and that th that they would show up in the places where people hang out on your YouTube, your social media. Um, telling Lutheran stories in film and in other forms of dramatization um, and in music, you know, and, and, and utilizing some of the uh, contemporary ways to show that as beautiful but also cool, you know, and I think that would be beneficial for people to just scour the internet looking for Christian content. Well, I think you just came up with a name for your book with that when you collaborate with Heidi on this book. It's, uh, Lutherans Out Loud. I ah, that was, that was I like it. Heidi, really, let's do it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Mary asks, what kind of cultural presence and influence do you think Lutherans can have? So continuing on that, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, that same thought, you know, how can Lutherans have a, a cultural influence? Yes, you know, one of the things I think that's so relevant about the, you know, the Lutheran presentation of the scriptures, the gospel, is um, the fact that salvation is extranos, outside of us. And in particular, this kind of the spirit of the day, right, people are really into their own selves. There's just this cool factor to depression almost. Um, now I'm not taking away from depression being real, but there's also something commercial about it that shows up in the arts. And for that reason, I think that um, people, even you know, in a non-Christian world are spending a lot of time in their own heads, thinking about their own darkness, their own sadness. And the Lutheran message pulls you out of that. And it's, it's such a relevant message that I think people would, would benefit from hearing. So that's, that's something I would love to see is um, us highlighting, you know, that particular angle on the gospel rather than you have to be good enough. I need to see these things by this time period to prove you're really a Christian, you know. And I think that is a burden that non-Christians shy away from because it sounds too heavy. Mm -hmm. Especially in a time like this, right? Yeah. You know, we're live, so this yeah. is uh, you know right in the middle of a, a, a you know a global issue that mm -hmm. we're facing with coronavirus and some of the the um, just our worldview and how that how do we respond to something like that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we're our focus, the world's focus, is on me and myself, and um, how am I going to get through this, and what do I need to do to get through this? Whereas, a, you know, a, a Christian worldview, particularly from a, a Lutheran worldview, is that. Uh, what can I do for my neighbor? God has already taken care of me. God has provided all that I need in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Uh, what can I do for my neighbor? How will, how will God use me to serve my neighbor? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And yeah. that really mobilizes you to get out of your own head mm -hmm. and get busy serving others. And I think that does have an, uh, an impact on your own soul when you're not so focused on yourself and you're serving others. Mm -hmm. You feel a bit more healthy, a bit more alive and, and fulfilled when you take that approach. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Probably yeah. time for one more, you think? One or two, depending okay. on Okay, let's do it. I'm here. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so continuing on, on uh, cultural things um, and, and serving our neighbors, Beth asks, how do you think music and art might start conversations about theology and faith with our friends and neighbors? Absolutely. I think music and art, and I said this a bit earlier, but when people, like typically people put a, a, a block up in terms of engaging the intellect. Like if I bring a new idea 
to you in a way that's, um, that confronts your worldview. Sometimes people get defensive and they put a wall up. Mm -hmm. But if you can tell a story or, or articulate a worldview creatively through the imagination, people, you know, they'll sort of let their guard down and allow you in. And that's what I would love to see is more artists, um, visual artists, musical artists, um, telling God's story uh, through the arts and just a plethora of creative ways that will draw people into the Christian narrative that they can feel God's love and feel hope, you know, so I think that will be powerful to really get creative and get busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do some movies. Let's so there's yeah. your, there's the subtitle for your book. So Blueprints Out Love, Get Creative, Get Busy. I like, it. I like the way you think, man. We're I like, like the we're way you think. For you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it looks like we're out of time. I know. We're going to make it to the chapel. Where can we find your stuff? Indeed. So Extra Notes is available wherever music is sold, all the digital platforms. Um, you can go to extranotes.org. I have mm -hmm. the project there, lyrics, and other resources. And uh, so, yeah. Dig in. Excellent. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for joining us on Facebook. This has been a fun, like, behind the scenes coffee hour. Yeah. yeah. Like thanks it. so much, Blaine, for joining Indeed. us. Indeed. Yeah. Thanks, for having thanks me. so much. Absolutely. Yeah.